The truth is, your time here is limited. Without hyper-consciousness and consistent self-awareness, you will miss every opportunity to invest it wisely. There's never been a more important time then to focus on that which matters while actively and unapologetically ridding yourself from that which just doesn't. Your why power is the key designing your success or your circumstance. It will center you, ground you, and fuel you to accomplish even your wildest dreams. So don't waste another minute. Ask yourself that one crucial question. Why? Welcome, everyone. My name is Emilia Smith. And this is Bianca Thomas. And we are your hosts of the Why Power Podcast, a podcast designed to help you uncover, learn, and choose the reasons why you do what you do. And hopefully through our conversations, we inspire you to make better, more informed choices because at the end of the day, we are humans and we have choice at the center of our core being. So today in this podcast episode, first of all, thank you for all of you who are listening today. We're excited to be the bug in your ear, the one that helps to positively impact and influence you. And for those listeners who keep keeping up with us, we appreciate you as always. But for this to- this topic, this episode, we are going to be bridging the gap from the family dynamics episodes that we just had done. If, if you uh, are interested in, in how you can improve your family dynamics, go back to the last two episodes. We talked about all things conflict resolution, how you can prepare to have an even better, more connected family. So go ahead and take a listen to those. But we want to bridge the gap between family dynamics and goal setting. As this podcast is produced, we will be launching it right before Christmas Eve, I want to say. Right, B? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to come out Christmas Eve. So with that being said, you've now prepared for your family dynamics. You now understand how to handle conflict resolution. So now let's kind of turn things more towards you and and more of the New Year's because I know that's where a lot of goal setting gets a lot of clout. And so we want to encourage the attention and focus to really hone in on you and your individual ability to goal set and, Mm -hmm. and have your family dynamics be supportive of that. So in this episode, Bianca and I are going to try to tee up a little bit of our, um, salt and pepper for goal setting and, and hopefully cook up something good that, that fits within your parameters of, of understanding who you are as a person. We will dive into the next episode more about individuality and how motivation is different for each individual. But for this one right now, we're going to first dive into motivation. So with that being said, I'm, I want to start by saying that when it comes to goal setting, motivation is a huge cornering factor. Everyone has a different, what I call motivational makeup and making sure that we acknowledge that right up front, I believe is super important because a lot of the times there are so many different forms of goal setting that people can kind of use as blanket statements, but there's no true acknowledgement of the fact that we are individual human beings and that we do have different personality types. And why that's important is because that impacts our individual level of motivation. So that's why I really love kind of taking the angle of the fear versus love when it comes to your personal leadership, because when you lead by example, lead in love, there's people that will inherently support you in your goals. Whereas when you lead in fear and, and try to have people kind of force support you, that, that doesn't allow for positive influence or leadership in your life. So when it comes to actually goal setting and and how to create a world that's supportive of your goals, I want to encourage everyone in their own individual motivational makeup to lead by love so that you can influence those around you. What does that look like in a family example? For example, if you wanted to eat healthy, right? Forcing other people in your family, you know, or those people that you live with to eat healthy because you, you decided to clean out the entire fridge and say, we're only eating kale and celery and carrots, right? (laughs) The traditional, like, this is what healthy is. Then there's going to be a lot of resistance because other people, you know, that's, that's forceful. That's not, that's not loving leadership. And so, it's a very different taste and flavor in those in the surrounding environment that you have to support you towards your goals. If you were to just say, this is what I'm going to do, 
this is what my goals are. This is what my aspiration is as a human being. I want to eat healthier than I did last year. Okay. What does that look like for you? And how can you not force that on other people? So when it comes down to motivation, I want to acknowledge the three basic components for individuals, motivational makeup. Number one is activation, which is the initiation of your behavior. So if it is eating healthy, let's say for example, you want to initiate that behavior. So what does that actually look like? Okay. I am committing to myself to actually move forward and eat healthy. So I'm going to initiate different behaviors than I had previously. Number two is persistence. So that's the continued pursuit, the effort, despite all other obstacles to move towards that goal that you had set for yourself. So like for the healthy eating, for example, if you have a family or if you live with someone who is really not on the same level of goals that you are, and there's cookies, there's Oreos, there's brownies that's always being cooked. This is your persistence, your choice to stay on your path despite all the others so that you can work towards your goals. And then the last one is intensity. So the degree of focused commitment and gusto that you dedicate to your own individual pursuit. These three things will impact and, and pretty much be the makeup of your individual motivation. And so when it comes to actually supporting yourself in that, just keep those in mind. So yeah. B, when it comes to motivation, I'm curious on your end, what do you think is the number one struggle for people when it comes there, to goal setting and motivation? I think there's two things. And I think, I think you'll agree with me on these. I think the first one is the goals aren't clear enough. Mm-hmm. So people create these vague goals of, I want to be healthy, but mm-hmm there's not a really clear definition of what that looks like. You know, it's going to be different for each individual person. My version of healthy is being incredibly lean, shredded. My muscles are like rippling. (laughs) I'm like, that's, that's like, that's my healthy. And granted, Mm -hmm. anyone would look at me now and be like, you already look amazing. Why do you want to get like that? Mm -hmm. Because that's my goal. That's Mm -hmm. my specific concrete goal that I'm chasing in therapy, you know, CBT, I think is so rare and different because of the fact that there are clear, concrete, measurable goals. And that's Mm -hmm. why CBT is one of the most highly rated and most effective therapies out there right now, especially with treating depression, anxiety, And so many of these other disorders, because it is very, very specific. Like the first thing we do is create goals and we make sure that they're measurable. So Mm. that is the first thing I would say is having really concrete, measurable goals. Like, how are you going to know if you got there? You say, I want to be healthy. That's great. What does that look like? Okay. I'm going to hit this number on the scale, this body fat. This is what my routine is going to be. And this is how I'll know I'm healthy. That's perfect. You have it measured. Mm. That way you'll know exactly when you get there. I think the second thing is having a strong enough why. Mm. If your why is not strong enough, you will not overcome the obstacles when you're chasing the, like this goal. If your goal is, I want to lose weight to be healthy. Sorry, not sorry. That's probably not going to motivate you. (laughs) Um. If you say, wow, I haven't had sex in like six months. I can't go on a date. I'm not going to be loved. People look at me and like they turn away when they see me because I'm overweight. That's a strong goal. There's a (laughs) deep why underneath that. It's emotionally rooted in something that's causing you pain. Mm. The pain pleasure, not conundrum, but what would it be? Dichotomy? Yeah. Dichotomy, conundrum, principle. Your why is either going to be very deeply rooted and and pleasure, like I'm going to be so happy once I achieve this, Mm. or rooted in pain. I am in so much pain right now, and I don't ever want to feel this way again. So which one is motivating you? Motivation is truly underpinned by your why, aka the premise of this show. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm. So when you're setting your goals, make sure they are very, very, very specific, very concrete And then the second is really get to the root of why you want this. Mm. Because again, if your why isn't, if it doesn't really inspire you to take action, 
you're not going to do it. You're going to be a weekend. You're going to see those cookies on the table mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, you know what? Forget it. I don't want to do this. And you're going to go right into eating those cookies. Right. There, um, you, two things that you mentioned, like next episode, we're going to go deeper into like motivation and individual Mm -hmm. composition and, and motivational makeup. But what you had mentioned were some of the psychological motivational theories that I wanted to just bring in here just Mm -hmm. to tee up some of the things that we're going to say. So the optimal level theory of psychology in, in respect to motivational theory is like the concept that we have an equilibrium as human beings. It's like, we want to, it pretty much is under the premise that like happiness is the highest good. So we, we Mm -hmm. have an optimal level of functioning. So we try to actually stay away from anything that will take away from our current, our present happiness. Mm -hmm. And we actually lean more towards like comfort. We're striving for that equilibrium. So like when you're, when you're seeing the cookies, like it doesn't take that much effort to go over and eat your cookies, which is, it's real easy. A lot more easier. <laughs> right. And and that's actually the, the humanistic theory of motivational, which pretty much is predicated on the fact that like people actually, I'm sorry, the psychoanalytical theory, which is like we have instincts within our behavior that are like either constructive or destructive. That's destructive behavior when you're way more on the side of like, it's OK to eat that cookie. It's OK. Mm-hmm. Like that will help keep me at the equilibrium of happiness that I'm striving for versus like when when you're actually doing constructive behavior towards that motivation which is like no my why power is so strong like i actually want to eat healthy i want to hit the weight of like 130 by september 2021 so this yep. cookie is actually going to take me away from that that's destructive behavior so i mentioned those because i think it's important to understand how the why power really filters in and how we can actually self-hack because we do have these like instinctual tendencies that have been recognized by world-renowned psychologists that we are trying, like I call them minions. We have minions. If you've ever seen (laughs) Despicable Me, we have minions and I identify them as like my self-destructive habits or behaviors that like Mm -hmm. every time, like I want to do something that is constructive by nature, right? It might force me to get a little uncomfortable, but it's like actually working towards my goals. So like if we're using food, for example, not eating the whole sleeve of Oreos instead actually going and, and trying to switch that out for something that's like an apple or something that's more enjoyable, from a health perspective rather than a comfort enjoyment. It's like, we actually need to work towards this instead of have our minions take over and say, "Mm, I'm going to sabotage like, and so that I think is important. So when it comes to actually goal setting, right, bringing it back down, Bianca, what B, what you had said, and this is something that we were kind of talking about beforehand. So Bianca, And CBT in general too. And this is also why I love CBT because of the fact that it does take these macro things and they kind of hone it down to the micro approach, Mm -hmm. which I know B you're going to go into in detail. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's something that I know, depending on your motivational makeup and your individuality can, you can really struggle with. If you're someone who's far more visionary oriented, you're actually going to need more macro step-by-step goals. If you're someone who's more, um, more micro, like thinking on the day to day, you're actually going to need more of the macro vision so that you don't get lost in just today. And you're going to talk about that more. But one thing that you had mentioned, which is going to go into a nice transition, I guess, into the seven goal setting theory principles, actually, that I wanted to bring into this episode provided by, um, Locke and Latham's essentially the first step is clarity, because I think that be you and I know, like you and I know this, but acting on it is challenging because of those two things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't understand exactly what it is that we want, then we are not going to get it like mm-hmm. hands down, or it's not going to turn out the way that we want it to. And so I think like when it comes to goal setting, like number one is clarity, because when you don't have that, you're, you can't possibly work towards your goals, right? We're, we're computers kind of by nature. We can we can adjust and kind of manipulate our own behavior to work towards right constructive towards the goals that we want or destructive away from those and let the minions Mm -hmm. take over. But I think what 
I've seen in in working with my clients and helping them with the goal setting is really coming down to like the intent. What's the end dream? Because mm-hmm. if you can see that, you can act activate your visualization. And then you can actually see like, okay, what's possible for you? Because I believe and B, let me know like what you think about this. People need to believe that it's possible. And Alan says this all the time, and I truly believe it. And it's something that he actually brought to the forefront of my mind, which I realize I've had like hands down all the time. I've always thought it's possible in the world to do literally anything like, and so when it comes to goal setting, if you have clarity and you have belief and you understand your intent underneath that goal, you're absolutely going to move forward with a mission statement, which is your personal commitment. Like I will get healthy. I will get to this 140 goal or 130 goal by September, 2021. And so therefore Mm -hmm. then the smart goals, right? Everyone knows um, specific, measurable, achievable, reasonable, and timely. There's different forms of that, but like that will help put in the metrics to measure. Mm -hmm. What happens when people don't have belief though? And, And can you talk a little bit more about the macro slash micro and how that impacts this number one, which is clarity? Yeah, absolutely. I do want to challenge one thing that you said, though. I don't like the idea of saying constructive and destructive Mm. just for the mere fact that that is typically what leads to mental health disorders like depression. It's these dichotomous thinking that, well, this is good and this is bad and I have to do what's good. And if I don't, then I am bad. Right. So I would... I would actually frame it and is this actually going to help me achieve my goal? It's not that it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. Eating a cookie in and of itself is not destructive. It's not bad. But is it actually helping you achieve your goal? Mm -hmm. That's where we want to focus. And I, for someone like you, framing it as constructive destructive works for you because you are super hard M. Mm -hmm. You're not going to take not doing something and personalize it and say, wow, I'm a bad person. I can't believe I didn't hit my goal. That's a good point. Someone like me, I'm more on the E side. So people out there who are more like me, where we're a lot more, and I'm not saying emotional is a negative thing because I don't believe there's negative emotions. There's Mm -hmm. just, is this emotion helping you in the moment? Because every emotion serves a purpose, Mm -hmm. but I'm more driven by my feelings. So if I don't achieve a goal, I'm actually more likely to internalize it and say, what's wrong with me that I couldn't do that? Mm. So if you're framing it in the sense of, is this actually helping me towards my goal? Is this behavior actually going to help me get there? If you frame it like that, you're taking a lot of the pressure off of you because you're not saying, well, I'm a bad person because I couldn't do this. Right. It's just framing it in the fact that like, okay, this maybe isn't helping me towards my goal. What can I do instead? Rather mm-hmm. than that dichotomous, oh, well, this is destructive and I shouldn't be doing this. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? And <laughs> a lot my of- minions suck. <laughs> yeah. A lot of those very unhelpful thinking patterns mm-hmm. actually deter us from our goals. And I think it's those negative thinking patterns that actually cause that lack of belief. Interesting. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it is like, I also should have mentioned that like Bianca and I are so different in terms of our personalities. So like that constructive and destructive behavior, I see that as binary because I don't personalize my quote unquote failures. I don't like have that affect my mental health. I just say like, oh, okay, wasn't right for me. Let's move on. Like, whereas someone like Bianca, like she said, more E is very much in, in personalizing the degree of success or quote unquote failure. Right. And even those are more binary, which again, I think that's such a good, good point. B. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When it comes to belief out, Al- I don't know if it's Albert or Alfred, but Bandora, if anyone has ever heard of Bandora's mm-hmm. theory, he has many of them, but one of them revolves around self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. So self-efficacy is basically the belief that you're capable to do something. So it's basically your belief in yourself of whether you can do something or not. Mm-hmm. And there's there's two different kinds of efficacy. So one of them is an understanding that I can ach- I can complete this behavior. So mm-hmm. like I'm I have the capability to actually do this behavior. And then the second one is this behavior is actually going to lead me to something that I want. So outcome, outcome expectancy is the one that Mm 
me doing this behavior is going to get me the outcome that I want. And then mm-hmm. I'm blanking on the name of the other one, but I'll make sure that I write it in the show notes. But those completely determine your belief in yourself. Cause if you don't believe you can actually do the thing that you need to do, like not eat that cookie on the table. And if you don't believe that not eating that cookie will help you achieve your goal, why would you do it? Mm, so true. You have, you have to have that level of belief that you can actually do what you're trying to set out to do and that it's going to get you what you want. Mm. And if you don't have that belief, you're not going to take action. Mm. If I didn't believe that going in a caloric deficit and restricting my calories and increasing my um, caloric output. So basically how much I'm working out, how much mm-hmm. like I'm burning. If I didn't believe that those were going to get me to my body weight and to my achieved goal, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. If Amelia didn't believe that working every single day and really just putting her head down, nose to the pavement, like I think that's the term. I don't know. The phrase is probably not correct, I like but it. whatever. <laughs> if Amelia didn't believe that doing everything that she's doing, one, that she could do it and two, that it would actually get her to where she wants to go, she wouldn't do it. Though mm. so it all starts with belief. Do you truly believe that you have the capability to do what you want to do? And do you truly believe that it's going to get you to where you want to go? Mm. If not, then you got to take a step back and really ask yourself, what have you learned either consciously or unconsciously that has told you that? Because whether Mm. you believe in yourself or you don't believe in yourself, it's a conditioned pattern. It's a conditioned habit. Mm. You learned over time, either through the people around you or through taking action and not succeeding every time or through many different ways. Maybe someone told you, you can't do it, but through many different avenues over time, you've learned that you're not actually capable of doing whatever it is you want to do. And you've even learned that it's not going to get you what you want. Mm -hmm. And this is where these maladaptive patterns come in where it's like, you know what? I've told myself so many times I can't do this. I know I can't do this. I'm not going to bother. It's like when people set their goal on New Year's Eve. And granted, I don't set New Year's Eve goals because there's literally scientific proof that like some absurd percentage people stop after like a week. Mm -hmm. Like most people do not follow through on the goals that they set on New Year's Eve. And I just lost my train of thought. Where was I going? You were, you were saying like how how people lose their, their center, their track towards their goal because of new year's Eve, because of the fact that they're just so outrageous. Like they're not truly aligning their goals with who they are and their motivation. Right. If you really don't believe you can do it, you're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. If you, if through those conditioned patterns, you've come to the understanding that you can't achieve your goals, you are not going to set them. You're not like, oh, that's what I was saying. The New Year's Eve goals, people Mm -hmm. set them, but then they don't actually believe that they can take the action necessary over the next year to achieve them. Mm -hmm. So they start off really, really high. I'm going to do this. I know I can do this. And then over the weeks, it just slowly goes (laughs) down, 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 down until they're right back to where they were. Mm -hmm. And Again, I truly believe it has to do with the two things that I stated. Your goal is not specific enough and you don't have a strong enough why to actually do it. Mm-hmm. When you really center in on those two things and again, having that strong why is going to be predicated on the fact that you believe that what you do, you can do it and it's going to get you what you want. Mm. So true. And and literally like all that you just said brought us through in a, your own beautiful way of like these seven steps that I'm talking about, because the mm. first one, excuse me, is clarity. Second one is challenge. Third is commitment. Fourth is feedback. Fifth is task complexity. Self efficiency is number six. And number seven is gold commitment. So like mm. number two, just the challenge. If you, you need to believe that it's possible for you. If, if you will 
understand if you'll actually work towards that. So your judgment, we're all taking judgments on like the goals that we set, right? We have clarity of what we want, but if we're judging that, like the reward isn't going to be big enough. And if we judge that the challenge level is too far or too hard or too high, then we're literally not going to have the self-discipline because Mm -hmm. we do not believe it's possible, which then leads to number three, which is the buy-in that we have to take if we want to achieve our goals. So for those people in new year's Eve goal setters, right? Like those people have very low buy-in because it's just this grandiose idea. They don't actually understand all of these layers that we're kind of breaking down. And so therefore mm-hmm. like it falls off the rails, your individual buy-in is predicated based off of what you believe is possible for you. So it's the effectiveness and you understand it and agree upon that this is not only possible for you, but that you can do it. And so like by being able to to commit to your goals and even taking what I found with my clients from a collaborative approach is far more effective for specific types of people, right? For you to take action and have more self-advocacy, like, because that's what will make you feel more important. If you can show up for your goals, like if you go to the gym, if you state that you're going to go to the gym today and you show up to the gym, you're going to feel so much better mm-hmm. than if you didn't. And that's going to help add pretty much a penny to the petting bank of like, I'm, I'm proud of myself. And then like, if you, this is something that I do with my clients that I found to be really helpful with like all different types of people. If you set up like a treasure map, which is environmental triggers to help like pepper in rewards around your house, or even to help influence your commitment this will help you work towards your goals. What do I mean by that? Okay. Well, I look at people's space and I say, okay, where can you hang a quote that's exceptionally motivating for you that talks about your commitment to this goal? B, I know you and I have whiteboards in our house. So we have our goals probably exactly. right, like right on them. I know you and I both do. Mine's and right I found, above me. Yeah. Right above you over your left-hand shoulder. I can see it. Mine's literally right here to my right. Like we have things that are right in the line of sight so that it, it it makes sure that we are on track. So it's mm-hmm. reminding us of our commitment to our goal in every environment that we put ourselves into. The gym, like, I don't know if it, like, even a phone background. We talk about what your what you want your body to be. Your phone background. That's uh, it's called it's called priming. Like for athletes, they mm. prime their mind so that they can achieve a specific degree of performance. Right now, my background. I don't know if anyone saw J Lo. Um, her picture of like her new album release. She's like like naked but she's she looks she's so she's covered up she's so beautiful that's my dream physique that's the the background of my phone if anyone were to look at my phone they'd be like why do you have a naked girl okay girl it's because of the fact like her muscle definition her body fat ratio like she has the curves that i do so it's like she is literally the epitome of what my goals are and so i'm priming my environment i'm setting up every day i look at my phone the commitment that i need to have is peppered into my environment. So when I work with my clients, we try to do this to the nth degree level, whether that's like right when you wake up the ceiling, like right above you, whatever quote you need to see or picture that you need to see a sticky note in the doorway, like on the that's mirror. That's awesome. So important because that- I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did. I, did I remember. <laughs> my phone background is Hattie Boydell. Yeah. You can see that's absurd. The beast. Yeah. Anyone who sees my background, they're like, again, why do you have a half naked girl on your background? I'm like, cause I plan on looking like that. Right. Like someone asked me, they're like, is that you? I'm like, do I look <laughs> five, you. seven and blonde? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a client the other day and like, I saw their eyes, like look at my phone and it was like, <laughs> am I uncomfortable? But then, you know what? I stepped into that owning of like, they don't need to know what my goals are. They don't need mm-hmm. to know why I have JLo's album cover of like, it's Rebody. very, product provocative provocative but like sensual because (laughs) i value health in the way that she does as well it's not it's a celebration of her goal she works every freaking day to make sure her value of health is in her Mm -hmm. daily routine and so that's her goal like her goal is to be very healthy and she like literally i'm sure you people have probably heard on commercials like get your kids up moving every single day like the the power of movement the power of working towards your health is really Mm -hmm. important so like i don't need people to understand my goals because whether they understand them or not is not going to deter me from actually achieving it now what i want to throw in here though as a caveat when we do have 
collaborative effort towards our goals that does help increase our ability to achieve them because we are by nature social creatures. So when we have environments that will support our goals, i.e. like whether it's trying to eat healthy and your family decides to put in more healthy options into the menu on the holidays or whatever, that will help make you feel like you belong in your own goal, that you feel heard, that you feel seen, and therefore your environment's better set up to help you actually achieve. So then number four is the feedback. B, you mentioned feedback. Sometimes the the pain, which a lot of people I'm sure right now going through COVID have experienced like the feedback, they want to aspire and they want to achieve to this, right? But their association with feedback has so much pain underneath it that they don't want any feedback. How many people do you know that actually goes out of their way to ask for feedback after something they did. They want feedback on something that they did with Mm -hmm. or to the world and they genuinely want it raw and real. The numbers are ridiculously low. People do not want feedback, especially when it's on something that they set out to achieve because it hurts. Yeah. The, the fear underneath like having anything work out in the way that you don't control, right? Like we want to just like control our lives and not have anything be uncomfortable, right? Maintain that equilibrium. So many people don't actually seek this out. And because of that, I genuinely feel like in my learning journey, I think feedback has been one of the most important things for me to be able to achieve my goals. Genuinely. You too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely, and, and I also see that with high achievers and what I mean by high achievers not someone that's super duper rich or like has the definition of success that, you know, traditional capitalists have, but like genuinely are happy, are proud of what they do. You feel their vibration. Yeah. Fulfilled, ultimate fulfilled and aligned. Those people have actually asked for feedback from people that they respect, not necessarily people that they, they know are on the same path, but they've been able to retain that feedback and develop a positive, healthy relationship with that. Now, the the interesting thing that I've actually learned this year, B, and I think that you and I have talked about this, is like obtaining feedback from people who, I don't want to say don't matter, but who don't actually know the path that you're on. They're not on the I, same path as you. Yeah. Not on the same, not ever even close to it. Like might Don't have, have what ex- you want. Yeah. Might have not even had, like might have had one experience in it but like never actually to the degree that you want, right? Like if you were to ask someone who doesn't go to the gym, how do you get to your goal of that dream physique and actually take their feedback? Well, you know, you, you got to do this. You got to do that. Oh, for sure. People love dishing out advice, but when are you actually doing it? Right. Are they actually putting in the reps in the, in the arenas that you want to succeed at? So I think that understanding that is super important when it comes to the goal setting, because if you're, if you're avoiding feedback, I want to, I want to question you where, where's that feedback coming from? Is it coming from your mom Mm -hmm. and dad who actually don't understand what your goals are? Is it coming from your teacher who just genuinely, you haven't opened up and been vulnerable to, to understand that you're struggling with this learning. So you have a goal to do something else, you know? So yeah. Feedback also will help you if you are retaining feedback from someone that is on the path that you are or is farther along on the growth journey or who has a degree of success that you deem is success in your definition. Then this will help you actually understand where you are in that journey. Like where are you in tandem to your goals? How far along do you need to keep going in order to actually yep. get closer to your goals? It's, it's the benchmarks and the opportunities to actually pinpoint in the ground where you stand and what you're going to need from, from here and now to get to where you aspire to be based off of their understanding of mm-hmm. your goal. And so like this helps with your commitment level because then you're like, oh, wow, like I've spent a ton of work doing this. Like maybe this just isn't for me or maybe this is actually like understanding where I am here and now based off of, you know, Oprah's advice or suggestions or feedback. Now I can understand what it's going to take of Mm -hmm. me to actually commit. So it's like when it comes to feedback too, if you're on the other end. So like I work with people that are like aspiring entrepreneurs, people that are in teams that are actually like on on the corporate end. And when it comes to giving feedback, understanding who you're giving feedback to is also really important because if, if someone can't take the whole cake, give them a cupcake. 
And what I mean by if someone can't take the whole raw truth of the feedback because they have a really negative or maladaptive um, relationship to pain, then their worthiness is going to go down, down, down with the feedback. And B, I'm sure you can speak to this too. Yeah. There's two things I want to say to what you said. Mm. Um, There's a quote that I heard that I love, and I've said this to all of my clients, do not take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Mm -hmm. So those people in your life who are trying to tell you what to do or are telling you you're not on the right path, if they don't have what you want, if they don't have the level of success that you want, if they don't have success in the career that you want, if they don't have the finances that you want, do not take advice from them because they don't know. And this isn't because they're bad. Like you can hear them out, Mm -hmm. but on my physique, I would not take advice from a beginner because mm-hmm. they don't have what I want. I'm going to take advice from Hattie Boydell. She has years of experience and proven success in what she's doing. This relates to my second point. This is why it is so fundamental and crucial to hire a coach. Mm, so true. Work with somebody who has what you want or who is on the path to what you want, who is further along than you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this, I was at the gym this morning and there's these group of guys that are there. There's this one kid who is the leader of this group. And I, I really, I'm at the gym and I'm truly questioning what influence does he have over them that they're listening to him? Because it's very evident they're further along in their physical journey than he is. Mm. He's like this scrawny little kid. And there's this other guy who's like, 200 pounds of lean muscle listening to him and doing what he's saying. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I'm like, what influence does he have over you that (laughs) you're listening to him? (laughs) This is exactly what I'm saying. And then he'll tell them what to do, but he won't actually do that workout. And this is exactly what I'm saying. Do not listen to people who do not have what you want because they are going to lead you astray. Listen to the people who have what you want. Mm-hmm. And don't take criticism from anybody who doesn't have what you want, because it's 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 that, that phrase of opinions. Everybody has one and they all stink. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to say the full phrase because, you know, they, we're, keeping <laughs> we know it P, it. we're keeping it PG, but you guys all know what I'm saying. Right. Um, but it's going to significantly impact your level of belief in yourself and your confidence when you're taking this advice from people who don't even have what you want. And you're implementing and you're taking so much action. And there's so many people who do. And Darren Hardy actually talks about this a lot. People take unbelievable amounts of action, but in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. They don't know really what it takes. Like they don't know what exactly they need to do, but they're breaking their backs, doing hours and hours of work each day, but they're just in the wrong direction. And that's why it's so important to work with somebody who has what you want so they can just guide you. Right. It's not even so they're like, you have to do this and you have to do this and giving you harsh feedback. Mm-mm. Like with my girls, the people that I work with, I just guide them. Right. We're the ones we giving really- the feedback. Like this right. is where you are versus where you aspire to be. And this is my, yeah. my understanding of, of that. Yeah. And granted, I have a different aspiration than they do, but- I have the mindset that they want. Mm -hmm. I have the level of experience that they want. So again, I can still work with them on that aspect of it. They have other coaches who do their business aspect of it because I'm not proficient in business. Mm -hmm. I'm the other aspect of it, the motivational aspect, the lifestyle aspect. How are you talking to yourself? How are you treating yourself? Mm -hmm. That's my level of focus. So they work with me on that side and they work with their business coach on actually creating their business that they have. So two people or technically three because their other business owners are like a couple. Mm -hmm. So they have these three people who are guiding them to where they need to go based on their own experiences and based on their level of insight. Mm -hmm. And this is why Amelia and I have had such success with our own coaching clients because in some way, shape, or form, we have what they want. Mm. 
in some way, shape or form, we have what they want, or they believe that through working with us, they're going to get what they want. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's so important. This is why they're more likely to take my feedback. Granted, I don't give criticism. I don't think it's, I don't think there's such thing as constructive criticism. You can't constructively criticize somebody. I give (laughs) constructive, it really is. There's constructive feedback, right? So I'm giving them this feedback and they're actually willing to listen Mm -hmm. because it's effective. It's working for them. And they've seen it work for me. Don't take advice from, I mean, criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. It's the same concept and really make sure that you're working with somebody who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And as a leader too, if, if you're someone on the forefront of you being asked about, like, if you are asked for feedback, um, I get a lot of people who, you know, I work with women in leadership. And so like, that's not just women in leadership. I work with just leaders. And so like, when it comes to being a leader, there's inevitably areas where you have to be giving feedback because mm-hmm. there's people who will look up to you, like Bianca saying, like our clients do for us and, and they want guidance and, And it really is understanding how can you influence this person in a positive manner based off of what you understand their goals are. And that's so important too in leadership too, because you're leading with love. You're not leading in fear. Like you're not forcing them to do these goals. That's why having, you know, going back to number three, the commitment, your, your, the individual's buy-in is so important. And so like, Mm -hmm. if, you know, if you're someone who hasn't bought into your own goals because you haven't gotten clarity, because you haven't determined what you want, because you're taking the advice from someone that actually is like you're you're not setting your goals based off of what you want but what someone else wants for you that's why it's so important we want to keep getting people out of their boxes because if you're in the box aspiring towards something that your mom your dad your aunt your uncle like whoever it is that you crave love most from then you're actually spinning those wheels towards something that's not actually going to make you feel fulfilled and aligned. Fulfillment and alignment is what I work on most with my clients. And I think that this is something that's super important, especially when it comes to number five, which is task complexity. Something that I've had to realize the harder way. I love complexity so much. So when it comes to working with people and their goals, realizing that everyone has a different complexity threshold is super important. If you have a higher complexity, meaning like trying to get your goals achieved is far more complex than actually the input that you put in, you're going to have lower results towards that, traditionally speaking, depending on the individual, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this is something as like three steps versus 18 different steps towards your goals. So, like, even when we first started out this podcast, I'm someone who's so visionary oriented that, like, I like to have from start to finish, finish to start, understood back and forth. Like that's just my project management mind. And I like reversing engineering my finish line. (laughs) And so when it comes down to it, okay, like Amelia, how does that actually dictate what you're doing today? That's something that I think that I, I, because that's some, like, that's just how I think not everyone's like that. So when it comes to the clients that aren't vision oriented, (laughs) like, and even the individuals that I work with, like B, like I need to lower the complexity and how many conversations be have you and I had that like, all right, Amelia, like this is where you're going and you, you know, the way, but like, what do I need to do right now? it's like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, just do that. Just do show notes. Like Uh, Amelia showed me that list. And I was like, I don't know where your mind is going, but this ain't it. Like, at least for me again, she's so vision oriented her mind is totally in the macro, in the future, in the, this is where we're going and this is what we need to do. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But what do we need to do today in order to get there? And she's like, there was like a list of like 55 things. And I'm like, Amelia, we cannot get this done in a day. Like this is not, we're, this is not happening. What do we do today? And, and so that- we were able to like, talk about that. But Amelia and I have had so many conversations about this and around this. Mm-hmm. If you're complicating it like crazy, you're mm-hmm. not going to get there. It's really that simple. This mm-hmm. is why you need to simplify your goals. Simplify it to the smallest thing. What are the daily habits you 
need to do. And Amelia, I'm sorry, I cut you off. So no, 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 you're finish fine. your point and then I'll go into my goal setting thing. Well, I, I was make. just going to say like in terms of what's really helped me and that I know has helped a lot of my clients is understanding what metrics you actually want to look at because what mm. you measure, you move. And so when it comes to your goals, taking like the most obvious thing that people try to work on in the new year's is like, weight. why it's weight is, is a, a, pretty much shows you how much people just actually don't know about health because weight is just one number. It doesn't necessarily dictate how healthy right. you are because it's, right. it's, it can move depending on what your goals are, right? Are you looking at actually muscle mass or are you looking at body fat composition? And so like understanding that, okay, this is the metric, i.e. the story that I want to understand. What's the story underneath your goals? If your goals is to have a body that is highly defined at 140 by September 1st, 2021, those are quantifiable dates that you can actually reverse engineer into the daily habits. So yep. what do you need to measure today so that those that story is actually told in numbers by September 1st, 2021? That's something that I've had to integrate into my life and I found to be extremely effective when it comes to working with my clients. Now, because I do relationship coaching, it's really challenging because relationships are, are it's, it's more challenging to quantify that, which is very much qualitative data. Mm -hmm. So like if I, so for example, if a client comes to me and says, I want to have a higher vibrational frequency. Cool. I got you all day. You will be vibrating like (laughs) <laughs> like the sun in its own waves. Like by the time that we, you know, every week you're going to have a new level of frequency when you're working with me, you're going to feel more alignment and fulfilled than you ever have in your life. Guarantee it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, you actually need to show up to the plate and you need to understand what are, what's that story that you want to tell yourself. So I'm working towards quantifying the relationship coaching side of things, because mm-hmm. for example, if I were to ask you like, how much do you feel as though you have worked towards your goals today? Zero to 10 putting in that zero to 10 can be the quantifiable numbers that I actually can look at over a period of time to actually see where you are in correlation to where you want to be. And so Mm -hmm. when it comes to this tax complexity, understanding what the metrics are for your specific goals, i.e. the story that you want to tell yourself at the end of the day, when you've hit that goal, supposedly, what are the Mm -hmm. numbers actually going to show and how can you record that in the day-to-day in the habits that you do to make it less complex so that you're not like, oh my God, how the heck am I going to get to 140 if I'm 180 today? You know, sorry, go ahead. No, that, that was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. I do the exact same thing with my clients. Amelia and I do very much of the same thing. Our approach is just a little different. Yeah. But so I do this with my own clients. What is your end goal? What is it that you want? Okay, how can we break that up into, like Amelia said, the day-to-day steps you need to do in order to achieve it? And I'm pretty sure I talked about this a few episodes ago when Mel Robbins was talking about creating a goal. And Mm -hmm. uh, Will Smith said the same thing. You don't go in with the objective of, I'm going to build a house. (laughs) You go in with the objective, I'm going to lay this one brick Mm -hmm. as perfectly as I can. I'm going to focus all my attention on this one brick and I'm going to lay it. And as soon as I'm done, and as soon as I lay that one, then I move to the next one. It's not, oh my God, here's the house. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's really simplifying it. Simplify the complexity. Complex Mm -hmm. goals do not get you what you want. Mm -hmm. When you simplify it and you make it attainable, That's how you achieve it. So I'll give a perfect example. Last week, and I'm looking up at it right now, I made on my whiteboard my goals for life. Mm -hmm. So I split it up into four categories. My major life goals, which is basically in 10, 20 years, what do I want to have achieved? Those ones are moderately specific. Like I know exactly what I wrote on there, but the, spe- the specificity comes in the next section. Mm-hmm. What are the goals and plans for this year? So in this upcoming year in 2021, what do I need to do to get me a step forward towards those major goals? Okay. What do I have to do in the week to week? So that's the next one. Priorities each week 
to achieve goals. So I have that set up in seven different categories, personal growth, school, my relationship, internship, this podcast, physical health, and my coaching. Those are the seven steps that I have to do in order to hit my goals for the year in order to get to my long-term goals. Then the last one is daily priorities. What do I have to do today to execute against the goals I have for this week so I can get to where I want to go at the end of the year so this year gets me a step towards my life ta- bleh, lifelong goal? If you break it up from go from the macro, which is Amelia's jam, into the day-to-day micro, which is my jam, this is the path to success. Mm. it's like climbing up a set of stairs. You don't look all the way at the top and go, shit, I have like 457 stairs. I have to climb right now. It's <laughs> I'm going to take one step at a time. I'll measure every 10 steps. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, 10. Okay. Now the next 10, now the next 10, you know, small achievable wins compounded over time. If you're like me, do not focus on the long-term goal because you are going to get so discouraged Mm -hmm. and feel like you can never make it. Mm -hmm. Work with somebody who teaches you like I did. I worked with Alan for two years. How do you get from the long-term goal and reverse engineer it to the day-to-day? Amelia might not need to do that. Granted, I'm assuming she does, but she's very much more long-term focused. She can look at that long-term goal and feel inspired by it. Mm -hmm. I look at that goal and I'm like, wow, I'm never going to achieve this. And again, Mm -hmm. that's my own way of thinking. It's not maladaptive. It's just not the best way for me to get to my goal. So how can I look at this to make sure I get to my goal? Okay, here's what I have to do this year. How can I measure that? Okay, here's all the priorities I have to make sure I get done in a week. Okay, how can I make sure I get everything done this week? Okay, break it up day to day. Today, I'm going to do this. Tomorrow, I'm going to do this. The next day, I'm going to do this. Simplify the living hell out of it and work with somebody who teaches you how to do it. Like Amelia and I, you can research anybody. You can literally look up anybody and see how they've done it. Yeah, That's another step. You remind me of, I was like, kind of like giggling while you were doing that because this concept reminds me of 10 second or six second. I don't know if it's 10 or t- six second Tom. And if you've ever watched, um, uh, 51st dates mm. with Cam, I think it's Cam. No, not Cameron Diaz. I don't know. Anyways, there's this guy who has a memory, short-term memory. So he literally has 10 seconds or six seconds, whatever it is for him to be like, hi, I'm Tom. And then he talks about whatever they're talking about. And then in six seconds, he's like, hi, I'm Tom. This concept <laughs> reminds me of that because he every every six seconds, he resets his enthusiasm towards whatever the conversation is at hand. If we reset our enthusiasm towards each step of our goals, literally like we forget about the long term. And before you know it, we're like halfway there. That's right. why I think it's so important because the, like I call it stepping stones in my coaching. If if you just focus on the stone that's in front of you, you will ultimately get, you will, you're, are, you're on the path towards whatever that success is for you. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is reset your enthusiasm every time you lift up your foot to place it on the next stone. Mm-hmm. You're literally moving towards that with the same enthusiasm every single time. So like, and enjoy that step. Right. And that's, what's most important too. And I think that I've realized that that is something that I've had to incorporate more into my life that you and I have talked about when you're yep. so vision oriented, like myself, you kind of lose sight of the day, the day to day. And a lot of things kind of fall, fall prey to the vision oriented, um, nature of that person that, you know, is far more vision motivated. But I think that enjoyment is definitely part of it. Everyone has, again, a different motivational makeup. Everyone has a different enjoyment makeup, you know, mm-hmm. whether you're Eckhart Tolle living in the now or, you know, Steve Jobs looking at the future or Elon Musk thinking about space, right? Like there's always an ebb and flow. And I think understanding your own individual makeup is so important. That's why next episode, we're going to go into personality types and how this affects your motivational makeup. But what I want to jump into it in, in the last couple of minutes is the last two of the seven step. And I, by the mm-hmm. way, be love the fact that seven is on your board, like broken down to seven. I don't know, like divine intervention. Like I swear that seven is a prime number, but I do feel as though there's so much power in seven. Like seven even, and nine are my numbers. Seven. Yeah. Seven is like 
I like, I have a huge love relationship with number seven. Like I try to break everything up into seven. Cause I think it's, I think there's a lot of power in it. So number six in this seven steps is self-efficiency. Mm-hmm. If you have the belief, right, you've understood that the task complexity is actually low. Therefore, you have the confidence and you have the faith, you have the self-belief to actually work towards your goal. So you're going to figure out how in that 10 second Tom or how in that every single step you can be more efficient in every single goal. What I do, one one hack that I do, and I, I've started recently really leaning into this is I have a smaller whiteboard by my bedside table and I write down all the things that I need to do in the day. And I I'll get to the point where I cross out things that aren't as important for today, but for me, because I'm, I'm a perfectionist to a degree, recovering profession, perfectionist, I leave them on my whiteboard. And so then I wipe them out once I'm done with them. I did it this morning. Couldn't cross it out. I'm getting there guys. We're working on it, but it helps recovering me. Recovering perfectionist. Like, That's hilarious. It's a thing. Like it's yeah. Anyways, but <laughs> Then you understand like, okay, I'm going to be more proficient and more self-efficient in this one step than I would have been if I was so focused in like, how am I going to get there? And like focusing on the, the, the staircase up at the top. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and so this actually is really important too, to watch out for, like I had in this note, like watch out for stress in this arena, because if the complexity is higher than the self-belief, your self-efficiency is actually going to go lower and lower every single time. Like you had said, be with the goals, like, Oh, two weeks out of 2021, you're now slowing down. You're not going to the gym anymore. You're not doing this, right. You're not actually showing up for yourself. And this actually comes in with stress because if you're not showing up to the plate, then that actually, you can start to then personalize it. This is Mm -hmm. where the mental health can really start deteriorating for people. So understand that self-efficiency is something that if you have that 10 second Tom mindset of like enthusiasm in every step, you can actually inject more self-confidence and more faith Mm -hmm. as a leader or just as a self-leader, right? As a supporter, this is this is you, right? Holding your hand metaphorically for your friend who has the goal. All right. So like these are the words of affirmation that you can give. So Bianca, I'm sure you give words of affirmation to your clients. Like this is the mm-hmm. reward that you can show up to. And then number seven, the goal commitment. At the end of the day, you want to have a commitment to, to your goal. Right. And so social proofing is so important for this. So a lot of people say like publicly display what your goal is, because then you feel as though, like, if you do not fit in, then, then there's like a a association with that quote unquote failure. This is also very risky though, sometimes. And just because of the fact that like, if you announce, like I saw an Instagram video, like how many people can take as many shots as they can in one minute, that's risky behavior. Now that you're setting this goal up in a social setting, because social pressure can be so toxic, but if you can commit and set step-by-steps to yourself by yourself, this will be motivating enough so that you can designate what that next step is and reset. What is the next step stepping stone that you need to do and show up every single day to Mm -hmm. actually realize like, Oh, what I'm doing now is actually going to affect that long-term goal. And before I know it, you're actually fully aligned with your own personal aspirations. If you can understand what it is that you need to commit to on the day to day, then you build up each win. Mm-hmm. So that's in an essence, in a nutshell, like kind of the seven steps in terms of the goal setting theory principles that lock and Lathams and be you and I peppering into that. I thought that that was extremely valuable. Yes, we are over time in terms of what we had set the goal for this, but that's, that's kind of life, right? You set out for a goal. You have an intention. Our intention was to really help give people more information or a different perspective on goal setting, but this is life, right? Like things can get off the track. Let's bring it back on the track. Let's Mm -hmm. have the belief that we can, we can close this up in a good way. And you know, it's every single goal is going to be different. Motivational makeup is so unique to each individual. And so next episode, I hope that you all tune in and understand that that you have your own beautiful, unique composition. And that factors into every single goal that you place for us. And also, more importantly, how you approach that goal in the day-to-day. Absolutely. Yeah. Biggest takeaway from this episode, honestly, really just focus on the day-to-day. Make your goals as simple as humanly possible And every day, just work towards those small, simple steps. Mm -hmm. Small, simple goals over time, you'll end up getting there. You will. As long as you do it every single day, just stay persistent. You will get there over time. Mm -hmm. Don't focus on the long term because it's going to deter you. It's going to make you feel like you're never going to get there. But if you really just focus on how can I make today as 
successful as possible and actually be fulfilled Mm. in what I'm doing because success without fulfillment is failure. Mm. How can I succeed today and actually enjoy and be fulfilled in what I'm doing? And those days added over time, get you where you want to go. That is the secret sauce to goal planning. Plus everything else that we said, but I really wanted to hone in that point. I thought that was a really good point. Um, two books that I would recommend for people, Darren Hardy's The Compound Effect that helps you Hell understand yes. how your daily habits affect the long-term goal and how it compounds over time to actually build you up towards that goal, right? That one brick will build a house one day if you just focus mm-hmm. on that one brick um, for those people who are more today, today center, which I do believe is is far more effective because then you can also enjoy life. Second one is The One Thing by Gary Keller, the Mm. um, owner and founder of KW Williams Realty. So um, I think that those two books combined, they're not as sexy and as enjoyable from a feminine's perspective as like, you know, something like, um, I don't know, any more feminine book than you can imagine, like maybe... (laughs) even Mel Robbins, right? Like towards goal setting. But I think that these are really fundamental pillars in terms of, of what we're talking about today, which is really focusing on here and now, which is ironically predicated on your future goal. And so um, I think that also defining what success looks like to you is the most important. I think, you know, when I look at I remember actually after I had read Darren Hardy's book last year, I think I redefined my version of success and what that actually looked like was very different from what I had thought. You know, initially I thought my success was buying a yacht, right? Like I always thought as that was my tangible definition of success, right? Like if I, if I bought myself a yacht ever since a young girl, like I wanted that for myself, I could travel the world. I could be in the ocean, which I love, and I could live comfortably. Mm-hmm. that was the tangible definition of success that I had for so long. That's since transformed to when I'm on my deathbed, I want to be super happy for what I've been able to do in the world. I want to make sure that my contributions on the day-to-day have inspired other people, empowered other people, and really gave them more choices than I had. I want to make sure that earth is in a better condition than it was when I arrived on this, on this planet having what that feeling and what knowing that I did everything I could every single day to make sure that I tried to make sure that there was a brighter future out there, not only for myself, which that actually honestly comes last, but for every other person who I know, but also people that I don't even know. That's my definition of success. So that when I die, mm-hmm. people will think of me or not. They just can reap the the rewards, the benefits, like the beautiful nature, like the beautiful earth that we have because of my efforts while I was living. Um, there's a quote that Alan has in his in his room um, that is very inspiring to me. It's not, you know, it, it's it's in the dash. It's not if you're looking at your tombstone and you have, you know, the date that you were alive and the date that you died. Those aren't as significant as the dash, what happens mm. in between those two times. The dash is what means the most to me. And that's where success is defined. You know, that on the day-to-day wins. And so Oof. be the change that you wish to see in the world by the Dalai Lama. That's a quote that I see every single day and I try to live by. And so I would encourage each one of you and even be yourself to redefine what success means and what that looks like to you. And not only on the day-to-day, but when you do hit your deathbed, because everyone's going to get there one day, might as well really appreciate and enjoy that when that does come, right? Naturally, hopefully. And then even like if you wanted to reverse engineer to the nth degree, this is what I can do sometimes when I have the heart. Here lies a woman who. This is what I achieved in my life. Here lies a woman who inspired this type of people. Here lies a woman who, this is what will be said in my eulogy. This is what Wikipedia will say. Think about that. And that will really bring it down to, okay, what the heck do I need to do today to make that happen? Holy crap. That just gave me the freaking chills. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say two books and then we'll wrap up. Limitless by Jim Quick is an amazing book. He combines motivation, methods, and mindset. Those are his three 
pillars in order to achieve success. The second one is Awaken the Giant Within Mm. from Tony Robbins. That book is dense, but he simplifies it so much that literally anybody can read it, understand it, and actually use it. So those two books are phenomenal. The compound effect is amazing. I haven't read the one thing, but I'm definitely that's going to be next on my list. Cool. Yeah, it it really goes into kind of the domino effect of putting the one thing in every single day will set the domino effect in for your life. So you'll I love that. Okay. All right. This was a hefty episode, much more heftier than we anticipated. But uh, if you did happen to get to the end of this, I'm, I literally want to watch you because (laughs) this was, this was fun for us. Hopefully it was, it was fun for you too. Maybe this was too much feedback. Um, I'm sure there's some people that would be like, whew, I need to reset my life, which kind of, I hope, like, I hope (laughs) that happens. Tom. Yeah. Six second Tom, you know, like what's your version of six six second Tom? (laughs) Have the enthusiasm every day to show up like six second Tom on 51st dates. And if you want to watch it, I'm going to actually include like a link in the show notes. But anyways, so next episode, we are going to be talking far more about personality types and how that impacts your motivational makeup so that you can actually, instead of, um, just equipping you with like all false pretenses going into the new year, you can actually have a far better uh, conscious choice of how you don't need the new year to reset your life and how you can look at your individual person as a more powerful, empowered being that can change Mm -hmm. anything in the world. And actually achieve the goals that you set for yourself. Which is the most important. (laughs) All right. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening to us and our goofy selves. Thank you for listening to this episode and we cannot wait to see you guys next week. If this episode resonated with you or you gained value from it, please leave us a five-star review so that we can encourage more people like you to discover their own why power. It's more important now than ever that people have their why power. So please stay connected and text YPOWER to 31996 right now to become an exclusive member of our Wiser community. We're so excited to connect with you and to have you along the journey. Remember to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at the Y Power Podcast. Visit us at theypowerpodcast.com and to chat with us directly on Instagram at Amelia May or Bianca Alexa. This content is intended for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional counseling or psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Names and identifiable personal details mentioned in respective podcast episodes and stories may have been changed to protect personal privacy and identity.